Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Ladies and gentlemen, playoff weekend is here. The Bengals and the Ravens set the showdown in prime time in just over 48 hours from the taping of this podcast. The excitement is real in Cincinnati. Welcome into another postseason preview edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad joined once again with the whole crew, Mike Nislick and Andrew Gillis. And just because Andrew's back on, I'm going to say this because I love him this weekend. Is going to be a shabanger. You like that, Andrew? Shabanger. It's going to be a shabanger this weekend. It's not a word. Have I have I gotten to you yet, or are you already tired of me? Let's, let's use words. Have a let's <laughs> use words that exist. Hey, it's the playoffs, man. You got to have fun. Everyone's having fun. The the mood is jovial and festive all around. Uh, not just Cincinnati, but the NFL, man. I mean, this is the best time of the year, January, and going into February, man. You can't ask for more, but. Like we've talked about all week, all the different storylines, the Bengals' right side of the offensive line, Baltimore's defense, them having the third-best rushing defense in the league, among many other things, Joe Burrow being Mr. Football in January and February. Well, he's always Mr. Football, but especially this time of year. But just jumping into it, guys, I mean, uh, we've we've really kind of – talked about how close this game might be. We've talked about, you know, are the Bengals going to blow the Ravens out of the water? What are your all's predictions? Just jumping right into the water with this one. Who wants to go first? Well, it might go Help first. you into the water? I guess, uh, I don't know, the water, the sea, like jump into whatever you want, like uh, jump into the Ohio. I don't know. You know, you go to those like part, like you go to those like indoor places with all those like balls where you just jump in and it's like a bunch of balls that you dive into. The ball pit. The ball pit. Yeah, is that what uh, it's called? It's it's uh, been a while yeah, since I've been to one. It's something. It's substance. Whatever substance you want to call it. You want you want to jump into the substance, Mike? Uh yeah. Uh twenty eight ten. Uh Bengals. Uh we'll hit the under and we'll go with the uh them covering um just the quarterback situation, the offense, um, in dire straits in Baltimore. I mean, they, they might be a little they, – they'll have more personnel, but I just don't think they have the offensive firepower here. I think uh, um, the Bengals roll. I think this would have been a dangerous game if Lamar Jackson – I said this, I think, earlier this week. If Lamar Jackson was healthy, I think this would be one where you maybe worry about a little bit. Um, but right now, I, I don't see how this game is close. Mohamed, you were me. Uh, you're, you, l- l- let's be like Joe Mixon and flip a coin. Do you have a coin on you? Let's just flip a coin and decide. If not, I'll just go I ahead. I flipped it. You go. 
All right, there you go. He... The sand. <laughs> All right. Um, not not too much of the margin of what Mike predicted. I'd say somewhat close. Um, I'm going to say it's 24, 24-10 Bengals. Um, I mean, you really got to start with the quarterback situation. If you look at the injury report for both teams, obviously no Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley is questionable with that right shoulder uh, in his wrist. We mentioned he's got some tendonitis in his shoulder. So uh, John Harbaugh said, John Harbaugh said it's going to be a game time decision for him. Uh, but even then, like we, we talked about with Paul Daner and like I talked about with you, Mike, I understand the, the Ravens will kind of drag you into the mud. And that's why I think it'll be at least a two touchdown game. Maybe not much more or less than that, but yeah, you're not really going to get much from Tyler Huntley, especially if, I mean, he is going to play, I would think, even if he's not completely hundred percent. Cause I think we all saw what Anthony Brown did. And, uh, I don't think either. I think the Bengals would love to face Anthony Brown. I think they would enjoy it, but I know the Ravens don't want to have to deal with that. So uh, really not much firepower from their offense. Um, They really don't even have their best receivers, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. I mean, I will say if you had Huntley and you had those two guys, maybe, a hard maybe there's a chance, but you don't even have them. I think with Mark Andrews, we talked about him a lot in the beginning of the week. Um, I do think he's one of the better players in the league, especially at his position, but... Uh, even without Chidobi Awuzie, the Bengals' secondary's played a lot better. No one's really a rookie at this time of year, but even for Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, he really has looked like more than just a rookie, um, especially with Trey Flowers and the nickel. I think they're going to use him a lot, and he's going to match up well against Andrews. And then, yeah, like I said, we've talked about the, the concerns with the Bengals' offensive uh, right side of the offensive line, but, you know, just let Joe Burrow cook. Um, even if you don't really get what you want out of Joe Mixon, although I think – he needs to be more efficient than he's been the last three games, and that includes some AJP Ryan. I think no matter what happens with that, you let Joe Burrow cook, uh, and he serves a nice, tasty dish of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a, like a, like an analogy here. A, a nice dish of just steak burrow. If you guys go to Jeff Ruby, uh, they have what's called the steak burrow, and it's named after him. And I think he's going to cook up a nice, a nice steak burrow for all those fans who are going to be hopefully happy with a win. So, yeah, I think it's going to be Bengals 24, Ravens 10. And, uh, yeah, how about some steak burrows on the house? Um, how about you, Andrew? Th- this game has been weird to kind of think about all week because what can you take away from their Week 5 game? What can you take away from their Week 18 game? I don't think anything. Um, the Ravens, or excuse me, the Bengals were not really playing that well in Week 5. The Ravens were playing really well. In week 18, we saw the Ravens kind of pull the shoot. Um, and, you know, still the Bengals didn't really play that well in week 18. It, it was just pretty weird to try and get a grip. Um, you know, shout out to Jay Morrison of The Athletic for, for digging this up. But only one time in history has a team ever ever played another team three times in a season and yeah. started three different quarterbacks in those games. Uh, that was the 19, I believe, 1990 Washington Redskins. Um, so, uh, you know, shout out to Jay for bringing that up. Um, I was just about to shout him out. This is a, this is a pretty big, this is a pretty unique scenario here. Um, but I think the Ravens are going to do a pretty good job of, of kind of slowing the game down. If this turns into a track meet, the Bengals, I think are going to run away with it. So I think the Ravens are going to do a really good job with that. Um, I really like their secondary, uh, the Bengals offensive line concerns me. And that is why. I am going to take the Ravens 23-20 over the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to get upset 
in Wild Wow. Um, I just I've have had a funky feeling about this one all week. Wow. I think um, I think the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball. I think that this is a game that the Ravens are going to enter kind of with their hair on fire a little bit. I don't think they appreciate what? the talk that that the Bengals had had kind of given in the last couple of days. You know, the allegations of dirty play and stuff like that. I think that that kind of <laughs> is going to sit in their craw. Um, I mean, this is a game for me. If you're the Ravens, you've got to steal a possession or two. So if the Bengals have to be on the lookout for fake punts, for you know, if being aggressive on fourth downs, things like that. The Ravens are pretty aggressive on fourth downs just in general. But this is a game where the Bengals have to steal or the Ravens have to steal some possessions. And all I think all it's going to take is one or two Joe Burrow picks. That right side of the line scares me. So I think the Ravens are going to win. Uh, I'm going to pick them 23-20. And uh, we'll see. Maybe I look like an idiot on Sunday at like 11 o'clock, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, well, Mike is just just nodding his head as you say that. Yeah. Mike is nodding his head. I want to hear Mike's take on this before I get into it. Well, I mean, obviously, I disagree. I had the Bengals winning in uh, you know three by eighteen. Um, uh, no, I just, I, I mean, as as bad as the offensive line could be, I just don't see it. Like I, I don't see a way it happens. And here's the thing, too, like. Andrew, I hear what you're saying about J.K. Dobbins. I don't want to be a hypocrite because I don't know if I told you or Mike this when I talked to each of you this week on the podcast. I do think it's a big deal that they're going to have him out of all the injuries the Ravens have. But what what could J.K. Dobbins do to pull off an upset? Like, I mean, let's be real. I've said it before. Tyler Huntley reminds me more of Malik Willis, not Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't expect anything out of Tyler Huntley. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like, mean uh, for but it's true. Again, the one of the things that kind of led me to this was I, I, I think the Ravens' defense is better. Um, the Ravens have a better secondary. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I got to stop you there. They have a better secondary? The Ravens do? Yes, absolutely. Without a debate, they have a better secondary than the Bengals. Okay, do. okay. Well, um, what if you have well, Chido Bia Wuzie? Go ahead. Yeah, the Ravens are still better even with Cheeto. Um, oh, okay, so the, okay. The Ravens have a better secondary, and they have a better kicker. Uh, and I think you really Fair. can't. I, I think this game is going to be really close. And in a game like about that, the kicker they have a yeah. second string. Well, that's objectively true. Yes, I, I understand. I understand. Just, just I understand. And we'll get into this with my prop bet. Um, but I, I think the Ravens kind of have the chops to stay with them. And the if, you, no. if, if you if you're afraid <laughs> of that right side of the offensive line, which I think we all can agree that the right side of the offensive line is going to be a major major you know, question mark going in. And if I'm the Ravens, I mean, they're not stupid. They're going to test that right side. And if that right side starts to collapse, I mean, we saw it last week. The Ravens got after Burrow a little bit. If that right side goes in, you get one, maybe two ill-timed throws. And that's what flips a game in the playoffs. So, I mean, these two teams know each other really well. Um, I think Sunday's game in week 17, or excuse me, week 18, um, was closer than maybe it led on. The beginning was really bad, but since like from you know the final 45, 50 minutes of that game, I thought it was pretty even. I thought the the Ravens actually played pretty well down some key guys. So I, uh, I've got a weird feeling about this one. I uh, can't explain it. It's just a, a feeling I have in my gut. Well, let me re- let me provide a rebuttal to your interesting uh, gut feeling there, because my gut feeling tells me. You're crazy if you think the Ravens' secondary is better than the Bengals, even with Chadobia Wuzier. Like, I'm, am- I'm amazed you would actually say that. 
Yeah. Look, Mar- are they Marlon terrible? Humphrey, no. Marlon no. Humphrey's really good, and they have. Uh, I mean, he's not great has, though. No, he's really good. Um, he's, Marcus Peters uh, has lost a step since his ACL, obviously. Um, but their exactly. Safeties, their safeties are really good. Marcus Williams is really good. Chuck Clark is is really underrated. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is was a first round pick. I think he's gotten better and better as the season's gone along. So their, their secondary is very very good. I'm, I'm I'm iffy about Marcus Peters. I don't think he's bad. I didn't even bad. mention Roquan Smith, by the way. Well, we're talking about secondary. I'm not well, linebackers are different. We're talking about secondary. What that allows the secondary to do is it allows them to play more freely because the Ravens don't have to blitz four or you know they don't. Or excuse me, they don't have to blitz seven. They can get home with four or five, and I uh, I think that their secondary can hold up. But at the same time, like okay, let's talk about just the safeties. If we want to break this down further. You said uh, it's it's Chuck Clark and who's the other safety? I know the names, Marcus but who's specifically the other safety? Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams. That's right. Okay, I forgot if he was a corner or yeah, safety because I have he, seen him he play. He broke his wrist. I think it might have actually been that Bengals game. Um, I think that's why I had it confused for a second. Uh, and yeah. He missed like three months or two months or whatever it was. He was he was out there for a while or out of the lineup for a while there. I can't speak for Williams too much because I haven't seen him as much. But like Chuck Clark, look, he's gotten yeah, better. I mean, like I actually. Yeah, he's good. I don't think he's like top of the league or anything like that. He's good, but I don't think. But at like the same time, like, league. not great. Okay, and I don't think Von Bell or Jesse Bates are elite either. I'll, I'll be fair there, but like, I think if you just do like a, I don't know how you want to scale this, but like, they're they're just better. Like Jesse Bates ha- has great range. Like, I've been watching him since he was a rookie. Like, he's had the same range he's had since he came to Cincinnati. And I mean, with Von Bell, like, ask him to do anything, get to the quarterback. No problem. Really should have had a sack on Mac Jones. That wasn't a sack against the Patriots. Forced a game-winning fumble. No problem. Get picks. No problem. Recover fumbles. No problem. Like, he can do anything. Uh, Again, I don't know that Chuck Clark is that versatile. Like, can you ask him to do all the things that Von Bell does? Yes, I don't absolutely. know, man. Yeah, absolutely. They've, well, they've played him on at, Sunday. They've played him well, at linebacker. The they've played him at safety. They've played him in the slot. They've played him all over. Um, yeah, Chuck Clark is uh, is really, really versatile. Um, and by the way, just as an FYI, uh, Ravens had 14 interceptions this year. Bengals had 13. Um, the turnover differential was plus four for the Ravens, plus six for the uh, uh, for the Bengals. And then in terms of takeaways on fumbles. Bengals had 11 takeaways. Ravens had 11. So it's actually really, really so it's, it's almost even. I mean, it basically is even in some ways, or it's just about even. Like, So there's a debate to be had because it's not, it's not lopsided. So say that again, Mike. It's even in some ways, but in others it's not because it's not even. Exactly. Not There's never going to be a, a, a utopia situation in life, but in this case there's lots of – debates to be had and we'll have to definitely talk about this on our post game pod on Sunday because I'm gonna definitely just think about what we talked about and compare how Chuck Clark does to either Jesse Bates or Von Bell on Sunday so don't worry uh, Andrew I'll keep this in the back of my head I am not gonna forget but I want to go back to the right side of the offensive line because I know people are probably sick and tired of hearing about Max Sharping and Hakeem Adeniji and Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa being hurt but here's the thing though Andrew you got to understand this I'm not saying this is an ideal situation, and I hope for Joe Burrow's sanity and his physical health it doesn't happen to him, but he was sacked nine times against the Titans. Nine times! And that was a way, and it still is a way better pass rush. Like, the Titans is a better pass rush. Like, 
I mean, he got sacked that many times and they won. I don't think he'll be sacked anywhere near that much, and we can probably debate that, but, I mean, even if he gets beat up, like, do you really think he's not going to get back up and show why he's the many nicknames that he is, including Joe Shiesty? I mean, I don't, like, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, a fair question, um, because obviously he got up against Tennessee and they won the game, but, like, Tennessee had a chance to win that game late. Um, and, but, they but, and, but, but they didn't. But they didn't. That's but the point. It, but doesn't it scare you that? Doesn't it scare you that you're you're looking at this offensive line headed into the playoffs, and it resembles a little bit more of the offensive line that they had last year in the playoffs? No, the I actually disagree. It it only half resembles them because what? Like, okay, let's look at last year's yeah, line. Jonah, you had Jonah Williams and Hakeem Adeniji both started. So those okay. are tackles. You've got Cordell. Trey Bowles, Hopkins is, is you have Trey Hopkins at center. Yeah, He's not you, in the league replace, anymore. You replace and then so you lose Kappa, which is a big loss. You have Max Sharping, then you have Karras. So like you have Karras replaces Hopkins. Uh, Adenogy slides out, but basically, so Sharping takes Prince's place. Then you got Volson at left guard. You got Jonah. He replaced Quinton Spain, who's not in the league yeah. anymore either. Yeah, I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying that their offensive line is the same. I think it's better than it was last year. Sure, but that's the point. I, I, I would be. I would have concerns. I do have concerns about what that offensive line is going to look like. So we all have concerns. I think even the Bengals have concerns, but I don't think they're concerned about losing exclusively because of two guys being out. And believe me, it's a big deal. Like I'm not downplaying this. We all have concerns, like I said, but. This is still better than last year's offensive line, and they still got to the Super Bowl. And I get it. Like, they played close games against all their opponents, including the Rams in the Super Bowl, but you win the game. You play to win the game. My inner Herm Edwards is just coming out right now because at the end of the day, a win is a win. But you know what? Like Joe Burrow says, it's do or die in the playoffs. Right, Mike? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, like, hearing, I just I have to hear your take on this. Like, I know you're sitting listening to a squabble. I mean, what, what do you make out of all this? Is how, how crazy is Andrew, or am I the crazy one? Who's crazy, basically, or, or are we all crazy? Well, I mean, I think I think I think the Bengals have a I mean, are more talented almost across the board in terms yeah. of just especially on offense. Um, they're the obviously they're the healthier team. Um, and, I mean, with Lamar Jackson in the lineup on the road, they lost by two, probably should have won that game. Um, and now they're facing a backup quarterback that uh, is injured. So, um, you know, in front of a crowd that I think is going to be uh, really amped up for the game. And I, I just I, – I don't see it. I mean, I think, you know, you don't overlook an opponent, but I, I think this is a veteran-tested uh, group that's not going to do that. So I, I just don't see that, like I said, that the Ravens can keep up blow for blow, um, even if, you know, Joe Burrow stumbles and turns it over a couple times or something like that, I still think they, I still think the Bengals would be favored, to be honest. I just think that yeah. they're going to be able to move the ball uh, more consistently than a Ravens offense that uh, over the last five weeks since Lamar Jackson has gone down, yep. hasn't sure. scored against anybody, uh, and those are some of the worst teams in the NFL they've faced. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And uh, like I said, Andrew, I, I am really excited for Sunday's post-game pod because if me and Mike are right, I'm going to lead off the podcast with that. But, and I'm going I'm to do like a little coin flip here because uh, everyone's talking about coin flips, not just Joe Mixon. But if somehow you are right, if you are right on Sunday, even if it's not the exact score you predict, but you're right in saying it's an upset, 
I'm going to do something special for you on the podcast. I'll have to think about how I'm going to reward you, but you, you're going to get like a special kind of preferential treatment on Sunday. So I'll, I'll leave you with that. But the opposite is true if what you predict doesn't happen. But uh, beyond that, <laughs> well, speaking of predictions, which we could go on and on about, prop bets, prop bets, prop bets. I actually want to lead off with mine because uh, this is going to be a fun one. Okay, first of all, before I even guess it, or I even say it, like, do you guys think I'm going to do a passing prop? Or a rushing receiving prop. I just want to. Well, neither see. because you said it was fun. No, it's one of the two. It's either a uh, passing prop or a rushing receiving pop. But it's not one you would think of. So I want to see if you know where I'm getting at with this. You've offered no hints. I have I no idea. For slightly Okay, I'm going to say Trenton Irwin gets over five and a half receiving yards. Trenton Irwin. I'm I'm showing Trenton Irwin some love because we've talked about Jamar Chase. We've talked about Tyler Boyd. We've talked about T. Higgins. And, and you can make props on them too. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I understand it's a very low line set for Irwin. I mean, he's the number four receiver in a very crowded and talented wide receiver room. But, like, let's think about where this guy has come from. Being on the practice squad, replacing Jamar Chase, and still having a role in this offense even as he's come back. I mean, he – Five yards is the least he's had in the game. He had five yards receiving against Tampa Bay, but he has not had less than that in a game this year. He had 45 receiving yards when he caught two touchdowns against New England. The most he's had in the game was 58 receiving yards when he had that flea flicker tutty against Cleveland, which I think was his best play of the year. Either that or the McCourty touchdown. Getting a touchdown over Devin McCourty, who's still one of the best at his craft, is a nice one. But, yeah, I just I have to show some love here. we got to change it up, you know, have some parody. And I'm going to say, yeah, Trent Irwin, the, the long-haired Trent Irwin, the California kid, the former uh, commercial actor, shows out in prime time like he did as a kid, over five and a half receiving yards. Um, so my, my prop bet kind of goes hand in hand with my prediction. Um, I, I think Joe Burrow is going to go under the, the over under on his passing yards is actually two sixty nine and a half and a half right now. Uh, I think he's going to go under, um, in the previous two games against the Ravens, uh, in week five, he threw 35 passes through for 217 yards in week 18. He threw for 40, he threw 42 passes through for 215 yards. So he's kind of hovered, you know, just over 200 right in that little, you know, 200 and teens area. Uh, against this team and, and it's not really one of those situations where they didn't throw the ball a ton I mean he threw the ball 42 times last week and had 215 yards now granted missed some throws um could have had you know he he missed T uh T on an end zone hit would have been like 30 yards something like that um threw the ball late um on on a Jamar throw uh, that could have been a touchdown like I, I understand that but um I think that you know the Ravens kind of know what this game has to be for them to win. Like the, the path of victory for the Ravens is much smaller than it is for the Bengals. Uh, you know, if, if this game is, you know, if the winning team of this game has 28 points, 31 points, the Bengals are going to win this one. Um, but I think the Ravens are really going to put their, uh, uh, you know, they're really going to put their emphasis on kind of killing the clock and making sure the ball does not go into Joe Burrow's hands. So, you know, I could really see this as a low possession game. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think of, you know, maybe like an NCAA tournament game where you have a mid-major playing, you know, a blue blood, basically what you want to do. You want to drain the shot clock. You want to get efficient shots. I think that's kind of what the Ravens are going to do. Um, so even if Joe Burrow has a really nice game, I, I just, I think two under 269 and a half is a, uh, is good odds right now. Yeah, I think, uh, I was going to go with Jamar Chase over, um, I get what is his, his line is. 
the, just the standard one is uh, seventy-seven point five. But yeah, that's what I'm uh, at. In, at DraftKings, yeah. you can do alternate, and you can get, get plus one fifty-five at a hundred plus yards. And I think he's going to have a big game. Um, I think they'll uh, connect on some of the plays that they um, didn't on Sunday. And and you know, obviously, I, I feel like he's going to be extra motivated with some of the stuff that went on. Uh, with Roquan Smith last week, and uh, he tends to shine. Uh, had, a, obviously, a real good run in the playoffs last year. So I'd do that to get some extra value. And then the other one I was looking at, um, in terms of, of Burrow, uh, you can bet his pass attempts, and it's 36-and-a-half. Um, and with the way that um, the Bengals have not been running the ball, I think oh, the over is an easy, uh, you know, if you wanted to um, pad a parlay, uh, that one might not be too bad. I guess uh, I don't think there's a, a prop bet for this, but like just out of pure like just speculation, or actually let, let me see if there is one. No, there isn't. I was gonna see if there's like an over under on like total sacks, but like what what's the line for how many times Joe Burrow gets sacked on Sunday? Like what would you set the line at if you had to predict? Probably two and a half. Two and a half feels good. Um, you know, I, I think the like I said, I mean, the right side of the offensive line would um, that that would scare me uh, if I was. Uh, if I was a Bengals fan, so um, I, I think two and a half is probably fair. Um, you know how the Ravens got after the quarterback last week would be uh, would be another kind of scary thing. I I also really like uh, if we're just going to kind of go through some here. I really like J.K. Dobbins over fifty nine and a half rushing yards. Uh, he obviously sure. sat last week against the Bengals, um, but the four weeks before that, he had one hundred and twenty, one hundred and twenty five, fifty nine, and ninety three yards. Uh, and his over-under right now is at 59.5. So, uh, like I mentioned, I think the Ravens are going to – I mean, you have to establish the run. If you get into a game where it's Tyler Huntley versus Joe Burrow, I think that that thing could crash and burn really quickly for Baltimore. So, uh, I, I think that they're going to kind of have to force the ball to J.K. Dobbins in, in creative ways, get him outside, kind of do some misdirection stuff, you know, be aggressive on fourth down, which leads to more attempts. So, I like J.K. Dobbins over 59.5 as well. Yeah, it'll be close. That that'll be a close one. I think he'll get just over that because I still do think Cincinnati's rushing defense is going to be really good now that they have a, their their full defensive line together. After you know you had Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson banged up in December, but it'd be a good one too. Mike, what would you set the line at? Two and a half, like Andrew said, or a little higher or lower? Oh, for the sacks, yeah, about two and a half. I mean, that's what kind of they've yeah uh, when they've struggled, put over three, but um, have been around two the last couple of weeks. Do the Ravens get the over under on that? Two and a half. Probably over, I would think. I think I mean, over. I, I think I they're going to end the game. Not, with not the over, but I, I, I think know. so. I think so too. I, I think the Ravens are going to end up with like three or four sacks. Um, I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Ha- I mean, the the way that the Ravens are going to win the game is not. I don't think by sitting back for four quarters and kind of letting Joe Burrow have some time. I think you've got to get in his face, and and they know that. So I think they're going to dial up some pressure and try and get after him, and just kind of say, "Damn the torpedoes." Feel so bad saying this, you know, knowing Hakeem Adeniji and obviously Max Sharping is a veteran, but again, like there's a reason why they paid all that money to get Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins as a part of that overhaul. So, man, that's going to be tough and it's definitely going to be frustrating. But, you know, they got to this point with those players playing the way they did, uh, Kappa and Collins. So, I mean, they still got the most out of them. It's just they can't get much more, especially this time of the year. But, who knows? We could be blown out of the water, and maybe somehow, some way, they have the cleanest—maybe not the cleanest, but like cleaner protection 
than what we're predicting. But man, this is going to be fun. I was going to say, um, Andrew, you covered just to kind of wrap up. I know you covered the Ravens, like we've talked about on this podcast. I've never actually covered an NFL playoff game. This is my first ever uh, playoff game I'll be covering. Um, I was going to say, like for you, you've covered multiple playoff games in Baltimore. I mean, how different is it covering a playoff game from a regular game? I mean, obviously, as reporters, we cover games like any other game. But like, what's the atmosphere like? Like, what's the vibe like in the stadium? Just being there for you as a from your standpoint. Uh, I mean, it's fun. Um, people are certainly well served in terms of their alcohol consumption. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, in 2019, the Ravens played the Titans. Uh, the Ravens had won 12 regular season games in a row. And uh, they kind of rolled in, and the, the joint was really jumping. And then uh, they played one of the sloppier games, truthfully, I've ever seen a team play. I mean, they had—I think it was like they were credited with like eight drops in one game. Um, and the air—the air gets sucked out of a, of a building quickly in the playoffs because fans kind of know what's going on. Um, you know, I remember the the Ravens were down seven nothing at the end of the first quarter. They had just gotten stopped on a fourth and inches, and on the first play. Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw a like a 50-yard touchdown pass. The Ravens went down 14 nothing, and you could feel everybody tense up. And I think people might not tense up as much if you're the Bengals. Um, but, I mean, again, this kind of – like I was talking about at the hop, like you, you could convince me of a scenario where, you know, the Ravens go up. You know, it's different than, than trailing other teams, right? If the Ravens are up 10-3, to 10-0, 13-7, 13-3, whatever it is – the game is farther along and, and against a team like the Ravens, it gets late early. Um, so I think that, you know, the thing you've got to avoid is pressing because um, the environment is, is intense. And, and if, if, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you're down 13 to seven and all of a sudden there's six minutes left in the second quarter and you're thinking we got to score now, um, you know, you've, you've got to approach it. If you're the Bengals, you've got to approach a pretty even keel because uh Paycor stadium is going to be very, very loud. And, uh, I'm excited to see the uh, type of yeah. atmosphere that we're going to get kind of when we walk from that parking garage into the into the stadium. Yeah, it reminds me of the intro they had for the Monday night game, which, you know, obviously is going to be remembered for different reasons from what I'm about to say. But, you know, the introduction they had for that pregame ceremony, it was almost like an Olympic ceremony, like the way they had the lights, the way they had just everything coordinated, like – yeah, it looked a lot like an Olympic like introduction in some ways. So I'm really excited to see how they follow up with that with the wild card game. But Mike, I was gonna say, um, I know this is your first year like on an NFL beat, but have you ever like covered an NFL playoff game like at any point when you were like freelancing, or have you been to an NFL playoff game before? Uh, not the NFL playoffs. No, I've covered uh, a couple SEC championships, uh, done a variety of other things, uh, ba- uh, major league playoffs, but not uh, not the NFL. Do you have your? You never been to a playoff game as a fan either, like growing up in Chicago. No. Did the Bears make the playoffs a lot in the nineties? I, I know you probably would have been young when they won the Super Bowl, but did they ever make Not it much in the nineties no. at all. Not very often, no. Yeah, I kind of like the Bengals. That's why they earned the nickname. I'm not going to say on this podcast, but yeah, I'm sure people can can relate to you on that point. But man, if that doesn't set the stage for Sunday, I don't know what does. I'm just as excited as everyone for this game. And make sure you tune into our post-game podcast on Sunday as we break down that game and what this means for the Bengals 
either moving into the divisional round or potentially, according to Andrew and his prediction, maybe ending their season. We will find out on Sunday. That is to be determined. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. See you Sunday.